Welcome, welcome to the Hard Skills Podcast and show with me, Dr. Mira Bronku. On this show, we discuss how to develop the nuanced hard skills needed to become an exceptional leader who can drive significant systemic change to make real impact. I work with leaders in healthcare research, STEM, and other technical fields working toward that goal, but we also go beyond that to other industries as well. This is the second season as a reminder, so we're naturally focused on the second stage of my strategic leadership pathway model, which is developing leadership identity. And today we are talking with Dr. Jonathan Kirchner on how to leverage technology while staying authentic as a leader. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. So um, excited to have you on. As a reminder, audience, um, we value evidence-based practical solutions. So be ready, take notes, reflect deeply, write some things down, I always do, and identify at least one small step to further develop your hard skills muscle. All right, let me introduce to you, Jonathan. John, uh, Dr. Jonathan Kirchner is the founder and CEO of AIR Consulting, A-I-I-R, which does sound, stand for something, so we'll find out what that is in a second. AIR Consulting, a global business psychology consulting firm dedicated to increasing the effectiveness of leaders around the world. He's also the CEO of AIR Analytics, a people analytics organization focused on building great assessment tools and technology to drive the next generation of talent and succession planning solutions. He's a leadership expert and regularly writes and speaks on the topic of leadership. Dr. Kirchner graduated from New York University with a BA in psychology and religion, that's interesting, and holds a doctorate in clinical and business psychology from Widener University. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Thank you Absolutely. so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, now, so um, I met you from afar. Um, first learned about you when um, I was watching him being presented with an early career award from the Society of Consulting Psychology. And they were describing this company he had built. And I thought, ooh, this, this company sounds interesting. I need to learn more. So um, let's ease into that a little bit. How did you combine your PhD in psychology with business, and you have this religion background, which is really interesting. How did you get to this point where you were interested in working with leaders in the business world? Yeah, well, it's a, it takes me back. Um, it takes me back about twenty three years ago to a park bench in Jerusalem, uh, where I was just watching some pigeons, and um, my mind was not thinking, which is the best time to find yourself. And it, it, it kind of all came at me like in this aha moment that mm-hmm. my purpose was really to take um, a fascination with psychology and some strong problem solving skills that I've cultivated growing up um, and combine those to really serve others to help and, 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 um, now, the number one mistake, if you try to apply to graduate psychology programs is they literally say in every book, don't say I want to help people. <laughs> and I was like, but that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, and being the defined person I was, that was the uh, essay I wrote. And, and I really, um, the clarity that I arrived at in that moment was that I wanted to become a, a clinical psychologist. So um, you know, position myself throughout undergrad and ultimately graduate school to become a clinical psychologist. And in my um, third year of training, you know, I thought, hey, listening to people's problems, that's cool. Um, I'm good at it. I enjoy it. It's it, it, it definitely like activates this creative um, thinking side of me. And it's lighting me up from a meaning making side of me, but like, might I get tired doing that 40, 50 hours a week? Um, could I possibly get burnt out? And I thought about how do I maybe like not put all my eggs in one basket, took a course in executive coaching with a fair degree of skepticism. Um, and, um, I left that first class being like, wow, this is fascinating. I can take these skills that I've learned 
um, in the clinical orientations and, and domain and apply it within this other context and had the second class, the third class. And the cognitive side of me was lit up, right? Um, but it wasn't until I understood what leadership is all about and the impact that this work can have on leaders that I really became, you know, hyper clear and focused on what I wanted to throw myself at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I be- what became immediately um, clear to me is that leadership is one of the greatest levers for change. And um, leaders have a disproportionate amount of influence within a system that affects many, many people. So if I can move the needle on behavior change and help a leader become more effective at what they do to the extent that what they do is virtuous and value added to society, to the world, and to the extent that they're connected to many people, then I could have exponential change in relationship to that work, which felt really, really powerful. And so that it was just, there was no turning back after that. And so I got really into it. That was the hook for me was leadership and applying all the skills that I had learned to leadership. And it was so compelling to me that I kept wrestling with like, how do I do this in a way that I'm not limited by the 50, 60 hours that I'm working um, a week? Um, How can I build something that is truly scalable beyond just what I can deliver myself? And that was what brought me on the course or the path of of starting a business. Um, Very interesting and very relatable. Um, I did not come to sort of recognize the impact through leadership myself until I went into leadership roles and recognized for myself, um, the more that I could prepare myself, could improve, could affect the teams around me, um, the more we could affect greater and greater change. And, And as my leadership grew, I sort of realized that I could have a greater impact. And so I didn't, you know, in in the beginning, I started out as a clinical psychologist too. I Mm. spent like five seconds being a clinical psychologist before (laughs) going right into management and leadership. But um, for, you know, during uh, internship and when when I was practicing, um, I still had in my mind, like my impact is individual by individual, right? Each individual. Mm. And that it's still to me, important and makes a difference. You know, each individual you impact impacts other people, but I hadn't sort of made that connection, the ripple effect until I sort of connected it to my own life and experienced it. So um, I really relate to that. that. Um, tell us a little bit more about, um, you, you thought about the business as a mechanism to scale greater impact, right? Um, what is, what does AIR stand for? Why did you choose that? Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, what you just shared before actually had me reflecting on the fact that, that I don't think I've actually had ever had a real job outside of being like a camp counselor (laughs) and, um, you know, some practicums and internships. So, um, you know, I remember getting into this as much as I loved it, it was all very theoretical and I had imposter syndrome up the wazoo because I'd never actually like worked within a system before. Mm. So, um, it is, it's, it's really cool that the lens that you, that you arrived at this work, um, from, um, air is, uh, not misspelled. So AIIR is our, is an acronym for our methodology for sustained behavioral change. So it stands for assessment, insight, implementation, reinforcement. And, you know, it's, it's a fairly um, logical model for creating change. And it's, it's specific enough that it differentiates us, but generic enough that you can, you can sort of drop in most viable, you know, modalities, whether it's like cognitive behavioral psychology, um, ACT, psychodynamic theory. It, in, in many ways, it's an eclectic model. Um, 
and it, and it kind of goes like this. If I want to change something, I have to first and foremost, first and foremost, know what it is that I want to change. And so we're big proponents of doing a valid assessment on the front end rather than just diving in and adding value before really getting clear on the target behaviors or the things that we want to work on. Um, so it always starts with a good assessment. And then, you know, meaning making, that's one of the unique things that we, one of the unique gifts we have as humans. Um, if I just dropped a bunch of data and said, let's go, here's what we need to work on. Mm, you know, maybe you'd go through the motions, but if I can find ways to really like meaning make that information and co-create an action plan that you're really bought into, then you're going to generate moment. You're going to generate motivation that goes beyond just the relaying of information. And so that's our insight phase, which culminates in creating an action plan because insight alone isn't going to get you too far. Um, and, and, you know, once you have that insight, then it's about putting that action plan, um, it, you know, to the test. And, and that's where we get into our regular cadence of coaching sessions um, in our implementation phase. And then where a lot of folks, a lot of folks stop there and they don't think about what happens when I leave uh, and this intervention's over. How do I maximize the probability for sustained behavioral change so that things don't just revert back? to how they were to the baseline. And so that's our reinforcement phase, which occurs even before the reinforcement phase. Um, but we do have some formal activities um, and discussions that really basically is about no more new stuff. We're gonna practice, practice, practice um, and tighten the gains that we've made so that you can be set up for maximum success going forward. And so each one of those phases sort of draws on different aspects of psychology, like the reinforcement phase is a very behavioral psychology um, concept, whereas like the insight phase draws on many of the premises of psychodynamic theory, which is that like insight, it's uh, insight alone can be mutative, right? Um, and so it is truly an eclectic framework for creating change. Yeah. And at the same time, though, I'm glad that you mentioned that um, you still bring a psychological lens to this. I mean, yes, the model is logical. You, you sort of, it makes sense that you start with some kind of assessing the situation and you implement and then, right? But um, the psychology behind this is actually really important because there are a lot of um, consulting agencies that don't bring this lens to it. And what happens is they'll throw like the entire kitchen sink at the problem, overwhelm mm -hmm. the system, make it more complicated than necessary. There's no precision to the intervention. When you do a solid assessment and you know how to vet really strong assessments that connect and meet the needs of the population you're working with, because it's been, you know, psychometrically sound and things like that, and you know how to interpret the information well enough to know like, okay, if this combination of data is seen, then we're going to develop and design this kind of intervention because it makes sense. It's precise. It's targeted to this kind of need. And then we're going to apply behavioral change principles so that we know that it will stick once we implement, right? These are the kinds of things that Normally, you do not see um, when it's not designed by people who have expertise in behavioral and organizational change. So I'm just going to like really highlight that. That's that's a critical element behind this. What sounds like a very simple model is actually very thoughtful and intentionally, you know, um, done. Thank you. So with all of that said, we are entering a brief ad break. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Dr. Jonathan Kirchner. We air on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. If you'd like to join us online right now and ask questions that we can answer in real time, you can find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc. And we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? 
I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back to the Heart Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest today, Jonathan Kirchner of Air Consulting and Air Analytics. So um, we just got done um, learning what Air stands for, and um, now let's take a deeper dive into really what you're seeing these days. You know, having worked with hundreds and thousands of leaders and teams um, nationally and internationally, um, I know that. Every year you do a study and, and your, your um, study just came out, you know, just recently, um, white paper, and um, it talks about the current challenges and needs of leaders today. So I'd love for you to share some of the um, highlights, what you're seeing as the greatest challenges globally, um, you know, where are you leaning into these days as a company um, to meet those needs? Yeah, excellent. Um, and, and the timing is great because we just released our trends report last week. Uh, it's our seventh year doing this. And, and I will say, really... I'm just going to put a plug in here. It's exceptional. I loved it. Folks, Thanks. please go to the, the website and download it. It's really good. And I don't just Thank like you. say random things like that. So seriously, it was good. I'm slightly biased, but I think it's also <laughs> top notch. <laughs> um, okay. So you know, we really, with, with this trends report, we mine the intelligence of our 200 plus um, base of, of leadership experts. And this past year, we also uh, surveyed leaders and we used a, a, a little bit of a different process. Uh, we ask, as we always do, what are some of the challenges that leaders will face in the year ahead? So 2024. And, um, but this year we used our leadership genome tool, which is a, uh, a really cool way at getting at the specific skills required for whatever the question you have. So if the question is, what does a high potential look like in our organization? Um, the leadership genome can answer that. If it is, what does the future CFO in our organization need to look like from a skill standpoint? It'll answer that question. And that's the succession planning context. So we use that leadership genome to ask the following question. What are the skills that leaders are going to need to be successful in 2024. And, um, and so we have the qualitative themes from mining our coaches as far as the, the macro themes and challenges. And we also have the quantitative data from our leadership genome study. And so I'll, I'll kind of give the, the snapshot. Um, first of all, there's no better title than your podcast, Hard Skills. Like these skills 
uh, these leadership skills that people have historically referred to as soft skills are not easy. They're in fact quite hard. Um, and I think leaders increasingly, I mean, probably always, because leadership has always been hard, but it is particularly arduous right now um, and has been right since since COVID, arguably. Um, the, the five main themes from a macro standpoint that we're seeing are, you know, first and foremost, AI all over the place, right? AI, AI, AI. And the proliferation of this technology um, far surpasses our ability to like stay abreast and keep up with it. And so that has presented tons of opportunity, but it's also overwhelming, um, you know, for, for the average person and for leaders, it's like, how do I get ahead of this? How do I get ahead of this thing that I can't get ahead of? Um, so, so navigating AI and the, the rapid pace of technology innovation um, is, is one major challenge. You know, we're still hybrid workforce dynamics. We're going on like year four of that. And I don't think leaders have, you know, we still haven't mastered it. I'm hoping 2024 is the year where we figure this out, but it has not been figured out and it's still causing a lot of upheaval um, and, and, and distress within organizations. Um, the third theme is really the economic and geopolitical uncertainties um, you know, so we've had some pretty sky high rates, uh, which has a lot of effects on the macro uh, uh, economy. And then geopolitically, you know, you just have to open and you don't even have to open the newspaper. It's right there smack in front of you. Um, some of the, the, the tragedies going on uh, throughout the world and, and the precarious place that we are um, as, as, a, as a world right now. Um, and so that's created a fair degree of uncertainty. Um, leading through change. Um, so you have the change in technology, you have hybrid. Um, th there's just so much change going on that that is just creating a ton of friction um, for workers, for leaders. And then that friction translates into um, I mean, it, it just weighs on a lot of people. And over time, it's really creating well-being and mental health issues in, in many, many cases. And so, you know, those are the, the five macro themes that we think leaders need to be hyper aware of. Um, AI, the, you know, workforce dynamics, um, navigating a lot of uncertainty with regard to the economy and, 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 politics and, and wars and leading through change and then really combating and addressing effectively employee well-being and mental health. So those are the, the five macro challenges. What we think leaders need based on the leadership genome survey is first and foremost, a high degree of resilience. Um, that came in first place, right? The ability to weather the storm, bounce back and be strong. Um, there's an element of that where, um, you know, we, we, we need to do a lot of working out, right? To, because resilience is kind of like a muscle. It's like a psychological muscle. Um, there's also an element of, we need to take time to fuel up the tank. And so I think of that, we think of that as self-care, which is a leadership skill. So we need to slow down to speed up. We need to take out time for ourselves and be very intentional about that. Um, and we also have to be really self-aware. We always have to be self-aware, but when we're under immense amounts of uncertainty, pressure, and stress, that's usually the first thing that goes, right? And we start to operate in a reactive mode. We're, we're vulnerable to being triggered. We're not going to be making great decisions. We're not going to be leading effectively. So being aware of our state, the ability to observe oneself, to say, hey, I need to take a deep breath, or I actually need to take a pause to be aware of where your strengths reside, where your opportunities or weaknesses reside, and to augment your team, augment yourself um, accordingly, that's going to be crucial. 
So we got resilience, self-awareness, and self-care, which are all in that sort of self-management bucket. Um, and then we have navigating change, right? So there's tons of change and uncertainty going on. That's going to be a crucial skill for leaders. Um, prioritization, that's an incredibly important skill right now because with AI and with all of the efficiency that we'll pick up, there's just going to be even more information, more initiatives, more things we want to do. And so how do we prioritize and even say, learn to say no more effectively? Um, that's going to be extremely important. And then the last two, they've been evergreen. They showed up this year within our top seven communication table stakes for any leader and trust. Um, so those are the seven skills out of 45. So we, we have 45 skills in our leadership framework and the screenshot that, that you're sharing, uh, Mira, that's the, the ones in orange are the seven that we believe are going to be most important this year um, for leaders, whether you're in pharma, a nonprofit, oil and gas, whatever the sector, whatever the size of your business, we believe these are the, the, the thematic skills that leaders really need to be focused on this year in particular. Awesome. And, you know, um, as you were talking through this, the one thing that I was reflecting on is that the very thing that leaders need most of right now, right, to focus on in order to address those big areas of technology, hybrid workforce needs, uh, economy, geopolitical, leading through change, well-being, they are exactly what employees are finding most challenging, right? They're finding yeah. it challenging to stay resilient. They're finding it challenging to take care of themselves. They're finding it challenging to um, prioritize and navigate change and communicate effectively without being reactive and build trust. And so the very thing that people need of us is the very thing we need to build in ourselves first. As leaders. Precisely. A hundred percent. This is, this is the year where, I mean, it sounds cliche, but you got to put your seatbelt on first um, or your gas, ma your, your mask on right. first. Yeah. Um, like we have to be very focused on taking care of ourselves in order that we can be effective for others. Right. Um, and you can only take people as far as you've taken yourself. Right. So um, that's, that's a very common psychological principle. Like at, you know, every time I often, yeah, I often talk with, with um, leaders um, as they're sort of moving into that next level role or challenge that they've never encountered before. And the fact that whatever it is you haven't resolved for yourself is the very thing that you need to be leaning into at that new level of change or challenge, because people are going to need that of you. And if you haven't sort of thought it through, resolved it, strategized, moved into it intentionally, you can't effectively be there for other people, right? Um, you, you have to have um, resolved it for yourself. And um, we are moving into another ad break, but what I'd like to talk about after the ad break is how do we think about these from the perspective of de developing um, leadership identity, which is mm. our theme for this season, um, and authentically um, leaning into that. Like, what is the connection there that you see? So we're going to pause, have you think on that, and that. Um, we're going to move into that ad break. Um, you're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest today, Jonathan Kirchner, and we'll be right back uh, in just a moment. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asnell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. 
Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be frank about health with all of you. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mara Bronku, and our guest today, Dr. Jonathan Kirchner of Air Consulting and Air Analytics. Um, so we were just talking about how the um, newest leadership trends from your leadership trends report came out and the greatest challenges, which I totally agree with, I see the same thing for leaders today is um, how do you keep up with the pace of technology, especially including AI? Um, how do you continue to address the hybrid workforce needs, um, the economy and geopolitical issues that are impacting our just our you know day-to-day lives and um, attention, um, leading through change and well-being and mental health issues? And um, you know, we were talking about how to meet leaders' needs in addressing this, these things through building resilience, prioritization, self-care, navigating change. Um, trust and communication and, you know, how um, it's so critical to, um, you know, being able to um, sort of meet those needs for yourself and know where you stand and where you want to lean into and how how to work with those things um, in order to be able to do the same and offer the same for the employees who are, um, you know, struggling with these things. So, um what are your thoughts on how this connects to developing our leadership identity? Oh, and you're on mute. <laughs> Always happens at least once. <laughs> awesome topic, leadership identity. So um, yeah, that, that uh, document you were sharing of the 45 skills that, you know, that's our, you know, we, our, our leadership framework, you know, would, would posit that there's three broad domains of leadership, leading self, leading others, leading the organization, and 12 dimensions. And, and these are probably relatively stable over time. So the 12 dimensions are in the charcoal gray, like self-management, decision-making, time and energy, leadership brand, and it goes on. There's 12. But then under those are these 45 skills. And this, it's a it's a pretty comprehensive leadership framework um, that came out of our research. And the the first when I when I show this to leaders, first of all, like wow, there's so many things. And then the next thing is like, oh my god, I feel overwhelmed. Why do you feel overwhelmed? So how can I possibly achieve mastery over 45 skills of, of the, and and here's the thing and. Leaders do need, good leaders, effective leaders do need to have proficiency um, within those 45 skills. But mastery, no. Um, It's impossible. It's impossible. And so what becomes imperative for a leader to succeed ultimately is to understand what are my superpowers, you know, within that set of 45 what are my greatest strengths or my signature strengths? Um, and then also like on a relative basis, like what are my opportunity areas or what are the areas that I just, no matter like how hard I try to engage in delegation, like it's all, it's always a struggle, right? Because I'm a total control freak, right? So so I have now a sense, and you know, for my own, you know, we have an assessment on this um, called the LD12, 
uh, where you're able to see your signature strengths and your opportunities. For myself, visionary, strategist, those are the strengths that I have a few others, but those are the primary strengths um, that I possess. And things like time management, delegation, it's like, okay, it's, you know, close to being a disaster. But what do I do with that information, right? Um, that's the beginning of forming a leadership identity is, is really understanding what is my differentiated strengths that I bring to the table and how can I manifest them in the highest impact way and at the same time, knowing what my weaknesses are, how can I either grow those and or augment myself, build a team around myself that can um, that can complement um, my strengths and and uh, and weaknesses, um, so that we have a holistic team that's driving forward. And and so the best leaders that I've worked with and that I know and that I've been inspired by are not leaders that are perfect in these 45 areas. It's people who know where they're really strong and have figured out how to compensate or augment themselves or build around themselves um, in the areas that they're not, they're not strong. And I'd say, the, so, so it takes self-awareness but that alone is not enough there's a degree of courage which is like so I'm, i might know that i have strong visioning skills and strategy skills but it still takes a lot of courage for me to get in front of a room to get on your podcast to to get in front of people and bring it that takes courage right um and lastly i you know leadership identity identity is not a static concept. I mean, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this, but, uh, you know, as humans, we're constantly growing, we're constantly evolving. Um, and, and so too, our identity is evolving and growing um, and deepening. And so it's a will to grow, which of course requires humility. <laughs> um, and, and it's those three things in my view, you know, strong self-awareness, the courage to bring it, um, and knowing that like it's not a set it and forget it. Like this is not a static concept. I'm always going to be evolving and growing, and that's how you. That's how you. That's how a leader um, can can really like lean into their identity and have the highest impact. Yeah. I really appreciate that, um, especially the the idea of it not being static. Um, identity itself is a social, you know, kind of construct. And so um, it's not just who we are and what we bring, but understanding the context around us and how it influences our ability to succeed and how we can use the resources around us. But if you don't know what you're bringing to the table that is yours, versus what someone else is bringing that is not yours or the messaging that you're getting um, from national crises and um, how you were brought up and you know all mm -hmm. of those external influences. If you can't tease all of those things apart, it's very hard to be clear on how you're going to sort of move into a situation and show up intentionally, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, um, at the same time, in terms of like its its um, ability to morph, as um, we adapt, change, grow, adjust, learn new leadership skills, move into new leadership roles, uh, move into you know another sort of um, company or things like that, um, there's a new set of contextual and cultural rules and norms and things that you have to sort of adjust to and. Um, challenges that you may not have met before that mm -hmm. cause you to decide, well, in this situation, um, you know, now I really want to practice leaning into these skills and, or now I really need to surround myself with these specific people with these skill sets that I didn't really need before, but now I do. Mm -hmm. 
you know? And so all of these things require you to be um, self-aware. And I agree, be willing to be brave enough to adjust, to recognize, to be vulnerable in saying, that's not something that is my strength. And what am I going to do about that? Am I going to ask for help? Am I going to reach out to a coach? Am I going to, you know, or a consultant? Am I going to, you know, ask for um, different team members for this kind of thing? Um, It really does enhance your performance when you think about those kinds of things and are willing to lean into those kinds of things too. Yes. Yeah. I think there's also a piece around values that probably my, when I was originally sharing you know, my three things, there might be a fourth, right? I think values plays mm. a really big role as well. I, just, I actually just had a, in addition to my leadership roles at Air Consulting and Air Analytics, I also do some executive coaching. And I was just literally on a call earlier today with a leader who, you know, extremely effective leader, who's like, you know, when I, when, when I got to dinner with this leadership team and they're talking about their cars and they're talking about, you know, it, it's incongruous with the mission focus of this organization. And he's feeling a lot of cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. um, between why he's thrown himself as a leader at this organization mm. and the mission and his colleagues and peers. And he said, I don't know if this is for me. And I think that that's also really, really important in terms of identity. It's not just uh, you know, because he could surely find ways to adapt himself and talk about cars and fancy things and engage in that. Um, but it doesn't feel authentic to him. And so he's going to have to make a hard choice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I also think about like, um, I've, I've got my, you know, a certain set of um, skills and values and strengths and all of that stuff. And um, yet you can put me in one environment and I will suffer and fail and you could put me in a totally different environment that meets all of sort of my needs and I will thrive right mm-hmm. I'm the same person in both situations right yes. so um there's there's that piece as well and and we have to be able to give ourselves permission to like not just use our mind but also you know ask ourselves like what are we what am I experiencing uh, and use our intuition um and gut to be like, this doesn't feel right, right? Why doesn't it feel right? Well, it's violating a core value, right? Or it's coming up against the core value. Yeah, yeah. So we've been talking a lot about all of this fluffy psychology stuff (laughs) and getting to know myself and blah, blah, blah. And you're also super interested in technology, which often like people don't see these things going together. So after um, this next upcoming break, what I'd like us to talk about a little bit is how do we then leverage technology, right? Um, Since you've been doing this like way before it was cool, right? Like the last 10 years and um, you have this analytics arm, you've got this AI coaching platform, which some people would, you know, be like questioning a lot of. So how do we maintain the authentic leadership stuff while also leveraging technology to support leaders, to scale, to make a greater impact. I'm super curious about that. So when we come back from this uh, next ad break, let's lean into that um, as um, our next step. I'm excited. All All right. right. Let's get into the ad break. Are you a high achieving growth oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi. I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. 
Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Heart Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Dr. Jonathan Kirchner of Air Consulting and Air Analytics. So um, in this last little bit uh, segment here, we are going to somehow marry up um, self-care, self-love, uh, thinking about ourselves with technology. Let's see <laughs> where the connection is and how we can actually help leaders stay authentic and leverage technology. And while we do that, um, I'm also going to share my screen for those of you who are watching this live or going to watch this later on video. I'm going to share my screen and some of the sort of interesting um, technology um, opportunities here with uh, AIR. So we have this uh, leadership genome that he was talking about, right, where they use a lot of mm -hmm. interesting analytics. And then here, this is um, the cutest little um, addition, Aaron Nice, who is your new AI coaching assistant, which I think a lot of people will be sort of um, interested in, maybe feeling like it may, might be controversial. So um, share a little bit of, about kind of how you're, you're thinking about these things. Yeah, um, thank you. I mean, it's a, it's a really... You know, it's interesting. Like I never, it's not like I was, I wasn't the kid who like took apart the TV um, or who built his own computer. Like that was not me. Um, I was the one that wanted to have a conversation about, you know, mushy, gushy emotions and, and be the therapist on the couch. So, um, so technology wasn't something that I necessarily brought to the table, but when I was contemplating starting air as a company, I wanted to maximize the reach of the work itself without compromising on the quality. So I really wanted that high quality executive coaching, but not, but, but it getting like beyond the Philadelphia area um, or not limited by me having to travel or coaches having to travel. So, so the immediate idea was how do we bring video conferencing? Um, how do we use video conferencing? It was just getting started at the time. Um, you know, you had Cisco Telepresence and there was Polycom and a few other players that had, um, you know, really high def. And these are thousands of dollars, these systems. But then Skype came along um, and Uvu and a few other players, ultimately Zoom. And my the goal was all right. How do we take the best of executive coaching and bring it to to, to video, um, so that we could be coaching anytime, anywhere? Coaching in the cloud. I didn't trademark coaching in the cloud at the time. So um, you know, funny story. We we went to our um, you know developer and said, hey, we want to build a skin around the video frame because if we don't have a skin, then what's going to stop our competitor from just using you know Skype? Um, and they said, yeah, we could do that, but why stop there? Why not have other value-added tools? Which began the journey of the coaching zone, which is now in its 13th year of existence. And, um, and the coaching zone is a platform that connects coach and coachee uh, and has all these value-added features ranging from a calendar to coaching notes to a digital development plan to content sharing. And... Um, then we iterated it to have an HR component so that they can see track and, and have visibility into engagements and analytics. Um, 
And so we built this coaching zone ecosystem. We built Aaron, um, which is our digital AI coaching assistant. And thank you for the compliments on Aaron. He is indeed cute. Um, and I think the, the immediate sort of, so for, I say, first of all, there has been an evolution in technology going from things that can add value from like an incremental efficiency standpoint to things that ultimately can try to replace humans, right? Which is where we're rubbing up on now, right? We probably won't see that for another year or two. Um, I mean, people are trying, but it, you know, AI will not get to the point where it can truly be as effective as a, as a human coach until probably a year or two, um, but it will get there, right? And so it raises a lot of concern, obvious concern, which is um, like my job is <laughs> a coach um, and this could replace me um, to more existential and, and philosophical concerns around um, technology, um, which can lead to dark places, right? Um, my, my position on technology is really guided by uh, a very simple explanation from my, my very close friend, Michael Jabor, who works for Microsoft now. Um, he's the CIO of their education unit. And Michael said, you know, a, a pencil is technology, right? I, I could, you know, back in the day, pre-pencil or chalk or whatever, I could communicate something. But the next day, if I asked you, what did I say? You might be like, I don't know, I forgot. So this piece of technology was created, pencil, um, to record this. And now all of a sudden it's memorialized and we have a way to remember right? Don't go there. There's lots of dangerous animals outside this cave, right? Um, very useful. So technology is ultimately a tool. And in the context of coaching, I view it no different, right? It is a tool to enable and empower the human executive coach, not to replace or substitute the human executive coach. And so all the investment we're making at AIR in technology is around figuring out how do we get like an X factor? How do we bolster the impact that a human coach is already having? How can we make that impact even greater through technology itself? So Aaron, for example, um, it, it, it sort of nudges you on your development plan goals. So at that insight phase of our AIR process, you formulate here are my three to five goals, the actions to my goals. Historically, you would write that down on paper and be like, I forgot, I lost it. Then it's like it became a Word document, still not totally fresh um, and, and can get lost. Aaron connects to your development plan goals and nudges you on those goals. And if I'm only meeting with my coach once every three, four weeks, that's quite helpful from simply a behavioral reinforcement standpoint, it's good to know and to be reminded of what my goals are. And it takes it a step further, ask some prompting questions. Um, now we've advanced Aaron to also have a generative AI feature where if you needed some real-time support on something, you'd be like, hey, I have a really high stress interaction in two hours. And you can actually type that in and get a coaching session from the generative AI component of Aaron. Very cool. Um, very helpful for Kochi. Gets us closer to human coach, but not human coach. And my ultimate philosophy is that no matter how sophisticated um, Aaron or any AI engine becomes, it will be impossible to, um, to be able to create the impact and efficacy that is created in a good executive coaching experience for, for one reason, and, and there's probably more than one reason, but it comes down to, for me, ultimately people want to experience being understood. And that is impossible with an AI. It is impossible. It is that experience 
of being understood that makes all of the action plans and the goals um, and the conversations take root. And you simply can't get that through AI. And so I'm a, I'm a huge proponent that we're not getting replaced. Yeah. And, you know, it, this also reminds me of um, one of the analogies that I heard is since you and I both wear glasses, right? Glasses is a human assisted device that we didn't have before at some point, And now it helps us navigate better, but it doesn't completely answer our navigational needs. There are other navigational needs that we have in addition to wearing these extra assisted devices. And it's the same sort of concept of what technology offers is enhanced human you know, uh, performance, but we still need support, a variety of supports for navigation. Correct. So Correct. Um, we, I can't believe we are already at the end of our program here. Oh no. You, we are, I know. Uh, we could go on and on about this, but if you would like to explore how we can help you with leadership and team development services, you either go to airconsulting.com or you go to gotowerscope.com. And think about what you, audience, learned today. What can you take away from today to apply immediately? Share it with us on LinkedIn at Mira Bronku or Jonathan Kirchner and talkradio.nyc so we could cheer you on. Thank you to Talk Radio for um, supporting the hard skills. I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, the host of the Hard Skills Show. And thank you for joining us today, Dr. Jonathan Kirchner. Have a wonderful rest of your day wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. Were you an essential worker during the pandemic? If you needed to learn stages of epilepsy, did you depend on advocates? Did you use new innovations to cope with mental and neurological issues? Maintaining high quality of life and keeping good mental health are what we all strive for. I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each week, top healthcare influencers, professionals, and innovators answer these questions and more. Stay tuned on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will continue to be Frank About Health with all of you. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronku, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 5 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays. 
where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to the hard skills on Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.